Did you cringe a little bit when I said we're going to talk about sales? No, I've, uh, you know, over time learned a few things in regards to sales and pricing. So, um, you know, it just takes some time and practice and, you know, you just got to kind of just uh, read people and, and just let them know the value that you have, uh, what you do and what you provide as a service is valuable. Yep. Yep. We're going to unpack all of that. And I think even when I say the word sales, right? Like my cousins were in, um, they're twins. Um, they were in sales and they're just, you know, eccentric, outgoing, former hockey players, the life of the party. Like they're just, they're fun guys. Right. And when I think of sales, I think of them. I think of them, you know, taking people to dinners, taking them to Blackhawks games, taking them to things and just having a good time. And then, you know, striking some deal. Like that's what I think of sales. It's like a good time, high payout. Um, and even in the financial world, right, there's internal wholesalers and then there's external wholesalers and the external wholesaler are the guys that have like zero expense budget because they just spend money, whatever they need to get the job done, to get a deal done. And it's like, that's what I think of when I think of sales. It's like this, this guy, typically it's a guy, although there's some, some women that are absolutely, you know, closers when it comes to sales. And then in my head, I think, but I don't want to be that. And yet I'm running a healthcare clinic that has to, and a healthcare education entity that has to have money come in in order for the impact to go out. So my sales is in essence, the lifeblood of my business. So I can't shy away from it. I have to lean into it. And it, it really struck me that I was a very passive uh, salesman. Um, even though naturally I could sell, I was very... Uh, like when I worked retail, you know, telling people that they should buy something just came natural. But then telling someone that they should buy something from my business felt very unnatural. And I don't know where that came from. I was perfectly fine telling people to buy these Nike shoes from retail, but I was not cool. You know, I felt very, like I said, unnatural about people telling, or about me telling people to buy my services or to pay for my services. It just didn't make any sense to me why I had that, you know, that that thought going in. And so I think it came from this place of, well, I am a doctor. I don't want people to perceive me as a sleazy salesman. And then I thought, well, what does a sleazy salesman do, right? A sleazy salesman doesn't leave you alone. A sleazy salesman uh, constantly is asking you to commit to something that you're not ready to. A sleazy salesman really just coer either coerces you or is relentless, sometimes even, even in front of you, like face-to-face. -face. And, um, and people would maybe push back on that. Um, but then a sleazy salesman would also make extravagant promises that the company can't even fulfill, right? This is kind of your used car salesman. Yeah, my manager will take this off, no problem. And then meanwhile, what they sell you is a dud. And, and I just kind of wrote down in a journal all of the different attributes of a sleazy salesman. And I just refused to ever do those things. So then all of the positive attributes of sales, I aspire to, to achieve and to fulfill on. And that's, these are common virtues. This is honesty. This is integrity. This is genuine concern for my customer's well-being. And then it's a, a dedication to see the deal through 
all the way till cash is in the bank because otherwise the sale doesn't take place. And I think a lot of people make a sale and then they, you know, then they cancel or then they back out and the money hasn't hit the bank account yet. So I don't, I don't get my hopes up. I, I do once the money hits the bank account, but that's it. Right. And that's kind of the end of the deal is when the money hits the bank. Right. Cause I would, I would start counting my chickens or not counting my chickens, counting my eggs before they would hatch. And then I'd be like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to have a 20, 30, 40 grand month. And then 12 would come in. I'd be like, what, how's that possible? Like we had all these commitments. We had all these, and it's because the money just didn't hit the bank. It's because I didn't actually close the deal, close the plan of care conversion like I thought I did. And that that does lead me to kind of the, the direction of today's call, which is overcoming what I think is a very, um, it's probably the number one objection that that we have in, in healthcare, which is, uh, especially on the functional rehab side, which is, no, I, I can't, it's, it's not within the budget. I can't afford to not use my insurance. That's a whole different one, by the way. But if I were to actually pay your higher rates to spend more time with you, I can't afford it. It's not within my monthly budget. So I, I took some I took some notes uh, over the last probably two or three weeks as I as I started prepping for this, and it it is it is interesting when we really get down to why someone can't afford it, right? Because I'm not going to challenge them, and I'm not going to make them feel bad about why our higher rates are are not in their budget. I've got no control over their budget. What I can control is what the what the value is that they get for their dollar amount within my business. So already strategy number 1 is I don't discount my services. I add bonuses. I don't discount, but I add bonuses. If you look on Midwest website when you sign up for certain things, nowhere on there is a discount, right? But when you sign up for our classes, there's five, you know anywhere from 3 to 5 bonuses that we give you just for signing up for a class. So rather than it being, you know, 500, 1000 bucks for a class, the perceived value is actually 3 to 5000 dollars because of the bonuses that we add on. So in essence, the 500 bucks or 1000 bucks is perceived as a discount, right? But I'm not giving a discount, I'm just adding a bonus, right? So it's kind of strategy number 1. And once you see these things, you can't unsee them anywhere else, right? Now, I will say ironically, we offer one discount a year and it's this month for Black Friday. So we'll talk about that at the end. But one of my favorite things to discuss with people is, and I don't get into their personal finances, that's not my place. But what I do get in uh, in more depth on is when, is when someone tells me no, that's when the negotiation begins. As opposed to what I used to do is I thought we were negotiating along the way and then when they tell me no, I go, oh, okay, it must not be in the budget and it would end. Now the negotiation comes to life as soon as they tell me no. And I actually view it as a um, ethical obligation not to give up on the patient. And that includes during this plan of care conversion conversation. And maybe I would put it differently. How unethical would it be if... I could solve your problem, Josh. If you came in, neck pain, shoulder pain, back pain, and I'd seen it a thousand times, successful outcomes 950 times, I'm very confident I can help you. I'm not batting a thousand, but I'm very confident I can help you. I've helped 950 people before you, and I sure, uh, I surely will help people after you, right? If I let you leave, 
because you can't afford my, my higher prices, okay? I actually view that as unethical. I'm letting you walk away from the outcome that you desire, even though I know I can fulfill that. And I know the options in my area. I know they're not great. I know that they'll get marginal gains along the way, but I'm very confident that I can help them with their short and long-term goals. So how dare I let them walk out the door? That's how I viewed it, right? Most people say, don't be, don't be an unethical salesman. And I'm like, well, it's unethical for them to leave. Still in pain, still miserable, still fighting tooth and nail to figure out if insurance is going to pay or if they're not going to pay. That's unethical, right? So I, I chose to reverse my mindset when it came to letting them leave. Now, and I'm not selling my soul just to keep get them to stay. I just simply ask better questions. So one of my first things that I say is, especially if it's not in the budget, I say something to the effect of, and it changes every time, so it's not an exact script, but the, the question has to come from compared to what? So if it's in the budget, then what is this compared to? Compared to pain, pain pills, injections, your at-home remedy that's not working, massage that you're, you're paying for, the other chiropractor that you're seeing, what like the physical therapist that you're seeing, what are my prices outside of your budget? What are they compared to? But obviously I don't you know come at them that strong, but I would soften it a little bit by saying something like this. Like, I, I understand that price is important and making sure that you're not over committing based on you know what your family, you know, family situation is. I totally get it. Um, let me just ask you this because it sounds like you you understand what we're trying to accomplish here. And it also sounds like like you understand what I'm I'm trying to I, the path I'm trying to put you on towards your short and long term goal is that right and you know so hopefully not and then I say okay in regards to my prices compared to what you're currently doing how do my prices compare or how do my prices fit in with your budget now we're going to get a conversation about where they're wasting money so hopefully subconsciously they can figure out oh yeah I actually don't need to subscribe to 50 different subscriptions every month. And I can get myself 500 bucks back just by simply canceling all these things that I don't use. Peloton, that's 35 a month. Hulu, Netflix, all these other things, right? If they're just sitting on the couch doing nothing, that doesn't help them. So my job is to put little planks in front of them that they walk across this bridge. And I do that by asking them a comparison question. Compared to what? Because it's expensive to stay where you're at. It's very expensive to stay where you're at, right? So here's here's three reasons why someone would say that it's not in the budget, right? And the first thing is, again, what I mentioned is identifying compared to what, right? Because the, the follow-up, so if you're following with me, it's kind of like compared to what, and then there's, let's call it 1A, 1B, and 1C, right? Compared to what? what you're already doing right now. That's kind of the first point that I made already compared to what you're doing right now. The second is compared to possibly other solutions you're thinking about, about pursuing. So this could be someone's got a disc herniation and they're considering some type of orthopedic or neurosurgical consult, in which case they're, they're looking at thousands of dollars where their insurance might cover it versus thousands of dollars of manual work with me where their insurance might not cover it. So they're comparing two options that they have before them. One is out of their budget because they have to pay for it. One is not. It's going to cost them more, but their insurance is going to cover it. So that's something else that they're considering. It's got nothing to do with the family budget, 
It's got everything to do with what it's going to cost them in the end, something that they're considering right now. Okay. And the last one is, is just simply, it's not in the budget, but they, they didn't actually know what the price point was going to be. And it's way more than what they were expecting to pay. Right. I get this a lot. This is probably the number one objection that I get. Whoa, this is way out of my budget. And rather than just saying, what's your budget? I just go right to it and say, I understand this is probably more than you're expecting to pay. I just say it. They say it out loud so that they know that I know that this is more than they, they were expecting to pay. That's it. I just simply, I label it. I don't feel their pain. I label it. And, and that's a, a concept from Chris Voss. I don't feel their budget issues or the budget limitations. I label it. That's it, right? Because ultimately, and I said this earlier, when someone says no, that's when the negotiation begins. But then if you if you peel the onion back just a, just a layer at a time, when someone says no to you, I often think about what's going through their head when they say no. And I've come to the conclusion, and I've read a lot, and I've listened to a lot of people, that people only say no for two reasons. Number one is not right now. As in, the cost of staying put is less than what the cost is of moving forward with you. I'll say that again. It costs me less to stay where I'm at than it is to go forward with you. So I am not ready. Well, I'm not ready to make a decision right now. Not just not right now, right? Now, not to confuse you, but number two is actually what I just said, which is I'm not ready. Okay, so the first one, on why someone says no is not right now. Number two is I'm not ready. As in, I need more information. I'm not ready to make a decision yet. I need more information. You see how the two are actually different. One is I'm actually more complacent staying where I'm at because it doesn't cost me as much as making a change. The second is I'm not ready yet to make a decision because I don't have enough information. I go through this with contractors all the time. They're they're sending me all sorts of things and I'm like, "No, I don't I don't know you. I like to get the the window people out here to look at my windows. They're asking me to pay thousands of dollars to get new windows, and my response to them is, and I just say the objection, "Hey, I'm going to hold off for right now. I'm not yet ready. I don't have enough information about what my needs are, what my family's needs are, and what the window situation is actually presenting itself with." I just said all three of their objections that in a row, right? I'm not ready. So you see how if they gave me a, a discount, you see how I still will say no. If someone's trying to sell me, if trying to sell me on X, but then I say no, I'm not yet ready. I don't yet know, you know, all I don't have all the information for me to make a decision. Who cares if you're not gonna sell me why? It's still a no. 